0: we were asked to discuss the subject of reaching your potential now I don't know how much time we meant to, how much time do we have here a month to discuss or maybe a year so maybe we're just going to start maybe the first step that we need to understand in this great and enormous avoid of reaching our potential if we look through Tanakh we find very often an interesting phenomenon there are great figures in our history who were clearly destined for greatness yet they turned out otherwise, not just otherwise, but the exact opposite and they are remembered L'Netzach for all eternity in shame and disgrace let's take for example A person called Kairach, who we just read about in the Kriya a few weeks ago. Now Kairach was the one who stood to challenge Moshe Rabbeinu. To challenge Moshe Rabbeinu you can't be a simple person, because people won't listen to you. You have to be somebody of such stature that when you challenge Moshe Rabbeinu, people hear what you say. Kairach had such inner greatness that the Ariah Kodesh says that when Mashiach will come, Koirach will actually be the Kohen Godel and this is hinted to in the words of the postic Tzadik HaTomor Yifroch and the Seufer Teves, the end letters are Kuf, Reish, Chof would spell out the name of Koirach was supported by Reish Nun Roshe Sanhedrin, 250 heads of Sanhedrin, we should try to understand what that means, the Pasik says they were Kriyei Moyeid Anshei Sheim, and the Chazal tell us Kriyei moyed. they were renowned throughout Kol Oilom Kuloi, they were famous people. Their names were known in all of the world. Now, this wasn't an age of communications. It was before the days of email or any type of electronic communication. To become world famous in those days mean you had to be an enormous personality. An shei sheim, says the Zayir HaKadosh, kulam bale sheim hamefoyrosh. They were all masters of the sheim hamefoyrosh. We know how we can count on the hands of two, uh, the fingers of maybe two hands, how many people in our history were crowned with the name, with the title, Baal Shem. We know the Baal Shem Rav Odom Baal Shem, Rav Baal Shem, the Baal Shem To be given the name Baal Shem meant somebody of extraordinary greatness. And the Zoyar HaKadosh says there were 250 Baal Shem. And these people gathered around Kairach in support of Kairach. They understood his message and they were prepared to risk everything. To bet on this man. To stand up against Moshe Rabbeinu. That gives us a concept of who he was. Of what greatness he could have attained. And what he was destined for. And yet we see that this great genius, this great Chacham, this great Sadiq, He slipped. And he is remembered for all time as the great Val Machloikis of Kla Yisrael. And when Chazal want to warn us against the dangers of Machloikis, and there's a laugh to be in a Machloikis. Not just, you no know, like there's a laugh to eat in the and Trefus. There's a laugh of the year, Kikorech And every single Machloikis since then, and we know what Machloikis has done to Kla Yisrael. That's why we're in the three weeks today, because of the Aveira of Sinas Chinom. This is the result of the various machloikasin throughout our history, at the root of every machloikas stands the spark of Kairach. And he is remembered forever as a Rosh Mirusha, a man who could have achieved such greatness, and yet he had such a fall, he descended to the depth, to the lowest level of evil. We find such people throughout Tanakh, throughout Chazal. There was a person in Nah we all heard of, Yeroban ben Nevod. Yeroban ben Nevod, Chazal tell us, there was a great tzaddik, Achiyah Hashiloni, who was the goin and al Hador. There was no one in his generation was his equal, the Rambam, When he brings in the Hakdama, the Seder, of the Mesiris HaTayra, of giving over the tradition of Torah, Achia HaShilayni is one of the few Moisrei HaTayra who gave over the Torah to all generations. There was one person who was equal to him in learning and in greatness, Yeravan Benavot. Yeravan Benavot's potential and his greatness must have been so great, because we find that even after... He caused all of Klal Yisrael to sin... To actually repeat the Chet Egel, He said... Yisrael. And He caused them to worship idols... Yet... HaKadosh Baruch, who turned to Him... And He grabbed Him... He said... Chazor becho, du tshuva. And if you come back to Me... Ani ve'ato uben nital yachad you... I... And David HaMelech will walk together in Ganadin. That means he had such great schusim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was ready to grant him a reprieve to accept his chuma after all that he had done. And we know that all chatoim don't compare to the to the sin of causing a rabim, to causing multitudes to sin. Yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu was prepared to take him to the highest level of Ganadin and share a place with David HaMelech. And we know, as Chazal tell us, when he heard of this irresistible offer, he answered, "Me, Barosh, who's going to be going in front? Will it be me or David HaMela? And Hashem said, David will stand before you. And he said, I don't want. And ben Benavot, whenever, nearly every time his name is mentioned in Tanakh, there's an addition to his name. Yeravon Asher Asherchoto, Vehechti Es Yisrael. Whenever we mention his name, we say he was the person who sinned and caused others to sin. Not only that, we know throughout our history, we had such meisim people who caused the Rabbim to go astray, people who caused others to sin. And the Gemara Masech Debrachis calls any person who causes somebody else to do an Avera, this is how Yerovim ben who was on the level of Achia HaShiloyni, this is how he is remembered for all time. Take, for example, last week, two weeks ago, we learned about Bilom. The Gemara tells us, we know one of the Animamans is, that there never arose a prophet as great as Moshe, and there never will be. Loikom ke But Chazal tells us, be I come, There was never a prophet on the level of Moshe between Jews, but be amongst the nations of the world, there was a prophet on the level of Moshe, and that was Bilam. Bilam, who was Das Elyon, a person who understood the deepest secrets of creation and reached a level of prophecy equal to that of Moshe Rabbeinu yet Bilam Horosha chose a different path and he was machshil he caused Klal Yisrael to sin with the Beno Moyov, and until this day we're still suffering from the tumor and the impurity that Bilam Horosha brought into the world and Chazal tell us as we read in this week's Pasha Nikoyim that, thank you we're meant to be taking revenge from Midian for what they caused the loss of kedushah the loss of sanctity in Klal Yisrael, that this battle will continue until the days of Mashiach we still haven't recovered from the blow of Atzas Bilam and the Navi tells us we have to remember zkharna the eights of Bolak and Bilam, what they wanted to do to Kla Yisro. So we see here a man of such towering greatness, and yet his end was the lowest level a human being could descend to, as Chazal tells us some of the disgusting Averis that Bilam Harasha was Isik in Rahman al a man who was renowned for his holiness, reached the level that he was Bo'al Saino, he had relations with his animal. This was the depth of depravity to which he descended. At the same time, we find in Tanakh and Chazal, we find the opposite. We all know the story, take for example of Rabbi Kiva. We all remember learning about a man who at the age of 40, sat himself down the kindergarten with little children to learn the Aleph bays, And he struggled and he struggled until he became the greatest Tano, Halachik Rabakiva Mechaveirov, the great leader of Klal Yisro Rabakiva. Chazal tell us what Rabakiva's life looked, at, looked like until he was 40 years old. He had such a hatred for Teireh, such a sinner, for Talmidei Chachamim, that he said, if I will see a Talmud Chacham, an Ashkenu I'll bite him like a donkey. And the Svarim explained that a donkey doesn't bite like a dog who bites and leaves go. Donkey bites, he climbs down and shakes his victim back and forth until he destroys him. That's how Rabbi Kiva spoke with such a viciousness. What he would do to a Talmud Chachan if he could just get his hands or sink his teeth into him. This was Rabakiva's Kiva's Sinas HaTorah before he saw the light of Torah. And yet we know Rabakiva had 24,000 Talmidim. All of Teirah Shabalpeh that we have, the root of it is Rabakiva. And Chazal tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu listened in, he eavesdropped once on a shear of Rabakiva, and he turned and he said, I can't even follow the shear of Rabakiva. So deep are his words. Rabakiva was Yotson Nishmasoy Be'echod. As the Romans were tearing at his flesh with combs of iron, he cried out, Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem Echod, and gave courage and vision to all Mekadshei Hashem, for all who will sanctify HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name for thousands of years after him, all all of those of our ancestors took their courage and their strength and their chizik for Rabbi Kiva As a baskel called out, Ashrech or Abakiva, Guf Chotaher B'Chol Minei Tohoro, you've reached the highest level of purity and sanctity. This was Rabakiva, who said, "If I can bite into a Talmud Chochem, I'd bite into him like a chamor." There's an Amorah Marukva. You've all heard of mar if you learn Gemara, you meet mar for all the time. The Gemara tells us, once Rav Yehuda was sitting before Shmuel, and a woman came in, she wanted a hearing, a din Torah. And at that time, Shmuel said he doesn't have time, he didn't want to listen to what she had to say. And Rav Yehuda asked, why don't you listen to her? And he said, I should, I'm should. i just Reishach. I'm just the head. There's a reishah, the reishah. There's the head of the head. The greatest leader of the generation is mar He should be the one to listen to what she has to say. The Gemara tells us in the Sech famous story, how mar used to support a poor man. He would throw money behind the door and the poor man shouldn't see who his hidden benefactor was. And one day the poor man decided he wanted to know who's supplying him with this money. And he chased after him and mar ran... And Ramukva and his wife jumped into an oven to hide so that the Oni shouldn't come to an embarrassment. And from here we learn Mutav, It's better a person should allow himself to fall into a burning oven rather than to cause another person shame. This was Marukva. Do we know a little bit about Mar-Ukva's history? There's a Rashi in Sanhedrin tells us about a person whose name was Nosin Tsutsiso. Nosin Tsutsiso had a desire to sin with a particular ish with a married woman. And he was so overtaken by his desire to sin that he fell ill and he was near death. And there came a certain opportunity when he could have achieved the goal that he had set for himself. This is needed a certain halvosh, she needed a loan and this person was a very wealthy man and he overcame his evil inclination and from then there shined a light came out of his face, shined such a light, because he had controlled his Yei Tzahara, that he was called Nosin Tzut meaning like a shining light and Rashi tells us Nosin Tzutzisa was later Mar-Ukva. Try to imagine what it means. Imagine the busyness, the humiliation, the shame and disgrace. Where's Mar- Where's this Where Why didn't he come to Shul today? So you didn't hear? He's dying. Really, why is he dying? Somebody has an illness? No, he's dying because he wants to commit a horrific sin and he can't get what he became sick. He's near death. And people say, oh, what a scandal, what a horrible thing. How embarrassed his children, his family must have been. Can we imagine a person. Descending to such a, such a low level. <coughs> and yet from this person is a person whose Torah shines for all generations. We live with every word he says. And he is who Shmuel calls Reisha de He is the head of the head. So we see that people who are destined apparently for greatness can fall and lose everything that they were destined for and we see that people who it seems that their future is very bleak and they achieve such greatness that they're remembered for all eternity as leaders of our people and we need to understand this and we need to study this well because this teaches us a lot about ourselves there's a Shmuz from who was a mashgiach in Mir, in Europe, Yeruchim Lovavitz. And he says there are two parts to a person. There's a part called Bekoiach, and there's a part Bepoiach. Bekoiach is what we would call potential, and Bepoiach is what we call actual actualization. The Taking the potential and turning it into a real, true, concrete force that one can see. We believe, we mistakenly believe, that the world of potential and the world of Bepoil are equal worlds. But the truth is that the difference between them is so vast, it's so enormous, you cannot compare the world of bekoiach to the world of Bapoil. He gives a simple example. Take a match. Now what's a match? A match is a stick with a little bit of dipped into some sulfur, you strike it on a striker and it creates a flame. That flame, you can light a piece of wood with it, you can ignite an entire house, you can burn down a house with one little match. Not only with one little match, you can burn down an entire city with one little match. You can destroy the entire country coast to coast with the fire that's in that little tip of a match, and you could actually destroy the whole world with one little match. Where is all that energy? Where is it all? it's in the little tip of that match, all that energy, all that potential, all that B'koyach is packed into that little match. Take a, take a seed of an apple that we flick out into the garbage. Now imagine, you know, how, how much energy, how much potential is there in this little seed? If we were to take this seed and plant it into the ground we would give it enough time to develop, let's say the span of a human being is 70 years, 80 years if we were to take one little seed that we can hold between our two fingers and we were to plant it it could produ- each seed could produce a tree that has many apples and the many apples each have many seeds if you were to take each one of those seeds and replant it and replant it again over the course of 70 years You would have enough apples to feed every single human being on the planet, all five billion people, to give him meals of apples and apples for for many, many years. You could feed the entire planet with the B'koyach, with the potential that there is in one seed of an apple. Looks are very deceiving. Things appear to be very small, yet their potential is vastly greater than what we see before our eyes. No. Say so I was in somebody's car, and he uh, yeah, had, you know, those navigators, these little things that you know you just plug in a number and it starts talking to you like Billum's donkey. You know, turn right, <laughs> go left. You get, you're not used to it. You get a shock. And then I'm looking at this thing. This is so amazing, right? It says you're 15 feet away from your house. You're 10 feet away from your house. And how does this little machine know exactly where I am? The little machine is being followed, being traced by a satellite that's thousands of miles up in the sky, that's beaming in, zeroing in on my car, and following my progress and knowing exactly where I'm going, and is crunching numbers at billions of calculations per second, knows how many feet or even inches I am away from my destination. At the same time, On the same system, there's another hundred million cars at the very same second that this machine is guiding and telling where to go. And they don't get mixed up. It doesn't tell me the instructions somebody somebody else's house. It keeps it all in such an extraordinary, phenomenal order and seder. Unbelievable! It boggles the mind. And we know this is one of the small things that a computer can do. You know, speak to the guys at NASA, they'll tell you what a computer can do. This is just for us laymen, who we become nispoel and we see a small thing. Now, such mental ability, such an intellect, the world hasn't seen it. There's no human being in the world who has a brain that could process information and can store it at that speed, at that level. Never, we can't imagine such a thing. Yet who created that computer? Human beings. Human beings with their own brains, with their own seichel. And some of them are young people in their early 20s who develop these, 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 these programs. And they've created something much, much greater than themselves. But where did it come from? Nothing can come yesh may ayin. This all has to come because there is such potential already within the human intellect. And this has always been around. This is not, you know, there's nothing new with the computer. Every element that's there has been around since all the Marisha. It just hasn't been uncovered. A discovery is not something new. The word discovered just means discovered. It was covered, And now we uncover it. We're revealing and understanding more and more of what there already is in the Bria. So when we look at the world, we even look at inanimate objects. What, what's a computer? What is it? It's, it's a stone, it's a, it's a wire, it's a diamond and we don't believe what's always been inside there, we don't believe, we can't imagine how much potential there is. Take, there's nothing as humble and as small as an atom. We've never seen an atom. In the tip of an end of a needle there are more atoms than there are human beings in the world. And yet we know that if you take an atom and you play around with it the proper way, you can cause a chain reaction, that has enough energy to destroy the world many, many times over. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a Bria, a Bria that has endless potential, enormous energy. The world of Bekoyach is a world of Ein Soif, of infinite ability. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world with the icy ice, with the letters of the Torah, Bereshis Bar Kim ha is Aleph until Tav. Everything we see in existence is different arrangements of the letters of the Torah and parts of the letters. And how much power lies in every single letter? Chazal tell us every letter in the Torah has the force of life that could bring ha Hamaisin. Has endless power. The Bnei Sasr gives us an example. Something it, 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 it's similar to the idea of a chain reaction of an atom, which of course is also the shayrish, its root is in the oisiyas atayr. We know that every word has a gematria, has a numerical value, right? Take the word odom, right? So aleph, dalad is five, and mem is forty five. Now we haven't even begun to understand the gematria because the letter aleph itself is written aleph lamidfei. fe. So if you would take that and take that gematria, now the aleph. Lamed and Fey of each one is again. Lamed, Mal, mem, dalet and Pey. And then the Pey is again paying you. and hey, it never ends. It's infinite. And all these forces, all this energy, the ability to create, is all already included in the Isiyas Hat And Adam, who was the crowning glory of Akkadish Baruch, who's Yitzira in the world, is infused with energy. Is overflowing with potential that's vastly greater, and Rabbi Yeruchim calls that world of the Koyach that is the world of Tselem Eloikim. The Pasik tells us HaKadosh Baruch Baruchu created us in his image. What does it mean in his image? So Rab Chaim Balazhner explains just like HaKadosh Baruch Baruchu has the ability to create worlds and to destroy worlds, Adam who has bekhir, who has free will, has the same ability to create worlds, millions of worlds, or to destroy millions of worlds with his actions. We don't understand what happens when we learn a word of Torah, or when we do a chesed, or when we conquer an evil inclination, when we control our anger, or when we speak nicely to another person rather than we speak down to him, when we control ourselves. We are creating millions of worlds far, far greater than ourselves. But the potential to create those worlds, that ability, that Selem elohim, that is who we really are. That is the essence of the creation of Adam. Some of us take that potential and we ch- channel it letoiv. We take all that bekayach and we poured into the world of goodness. Others like Bilam, like Kairach, like Yeravim Benavot, took all of that massive potential, and they channeled it, they directed it, into the world of evil, and they created the type of evil that transcended them, transcended generations, became written in the Torah, as a symbol of evil, they created so much tuma that to this very day, if you're involved in a machloikis, you're a continuation of the evil work of Kairach so many thousands of years ago. how a person can take you, thank you could take his potential and harness it into a way that could produce so much evil or so much good. Rabbi Yeruchim says the medrash says the parsha of Tamar and the parsha of Ayesha's Paitifa are next to each other in the Torah. Says the medrash this is to teach us that both of them could have produced Mashiach. We know that Tamar is the mother of Mashiach of the Tikkun HaSholem, of the ultimate redemption. Ayesha's Paitifa had the same destiny. She would have been able to be the mother of Mashiach, the mother of the saving of the world. Yet Tamar took her potential to redeem the world and channeled it for goodness. And Aishis Poitifar took it and channeled it into Ra, into Tuma, into impurity, into evil. What is our potential? What is our potential? if I were to ask you could you learn Shas Balpé? could you know could you, uh, anybody here who feels he can know Shas Balpé? Shas Balpeh, what am I going did I get to could I know Shas balpe let's say we were to open a kilo where we were to pay one hundred thousand dollars per blot Balpe. no would we manage Okay, well, imagine a million dollars per block. You know that you memorize a block Gemara and you get a million dollars. I think many of us could become very great Talmidei <laughs> if we had the right motivation. Imagine I would go to a cow and make him the same offer. I offer you fifty billion dollars per block, and I give you hundred billion years to learn it. Nothing in the world a cow could do to learn one line of Gemara because he doesn't have that potential but a human being who has the potential for greatness who has the koyach of Tselem elohim, he has it in him it's all there we have the koyach much greater than we see before our eyes you know what it's like imagine somebody goes over to to a person and says here you know what, here's a billion dollars. Buy whatever you like with it. Just give me back the change. And the fellow goes, well, we would imagine I would buy, you know, a couple of skyscrapers and a few cities on the side and give him back a nickel change. Imagine I take the billion dollars and go into a grocery store and buy an ISIS for 75 cents and give the fellow back the change. That's what some of us do with life. HaKadosh Baruch who gives us so much bekoiah and we say, I take it, I buy a little bit of ices, I do a few small things, I say, Rabbi keep the change, I don't need so much energy. What do I need it for? What am I going to do it for? Give it to somebody who's interested in it, somebody who needs it. That's how some of us make the tragic mistake of telling the Rabbi Nishton, keep the change. There was an empire of Rome, the Roman Empire. We're still suffering these days. We're still mourning the destruction that they brought upon us. Imagine if you read a little about the history of the Roman Empire, how they lived in Rome. The wealthy people, the aristocracy in Rome, I think they were called the patricians. If you read, even in Chazal, tell us some of their lifestyle. They were very, very megushim. they were very steeped in physicality, in tivers. They used to have these long drawn-out feasts where they would recline on couches and they would eat and drink until they were so gorged and then they would disgorge. They would cause themselves to vomit so they can eat more and they would spend days in drunken stupor and together with all the immorality that went along with such a feast, this was the picture of the life of the wealthy in Rome. When they wanted entertainment, they had a very grisly form of sadistic entertainment. They would gather together in a stadium called the Colosseum, which still exists, you can still see to it in Rome. And there they would have the pleasure of the afternoon of watching some poor wretched soul being thrown to the lions and they would cheer as they would watch the lion tearing him apart. Or well, sometimes there's another form of entertainment was called the gladiator. They'd have these big strong brutes, these expert fighters, and they would take some poor weak man, and he would have to battle, he would have to fight with the gladiator, and of course the gladiator beat him to a pulp, and then when he had his hands around his neck, deciding whether he should murder him or not, he would look up to the crowd, and he would go like this, or like this. that's where we think it comes from, you know today they go like this, that's where it comes from, so means should I let him live? Or should I dispose of him? And it depended on the mood of the crowd. If they were in the mood of witnessing a murder that day, they would all go like this. And if sometime maybe they had seen too many for that day, or they were late, they would say like this, let him live. And if the crowd went like this, he would snap his neck, and everybody was entertained for a day. This is how these people lived. This was the meaning of their lives. And this is how they entertained themselves. Now, there was a young boy who grew up in such a home. He was the nephew of the Roman Caesar. His name was Unculus. And he was raised on this type of decadence. He grew up witnessing this disgusting lifestyle. And yet we know that Unculus later became Unculus Hager, who wrote the Targum Unculus. Now let's try to understand what this means. There was an Amora by the name of Rav Ami. A holy Amora. Rav Ami writes a halacha. Chayiv Odom, a person is m'chuyiv, when it comes time on Erev Shabbos, to learn shnayim Mikra echot Targum. You have to learn the Parsha twice, the Psukim, and once the Targum Unkiles. Now imagine the Hele Amora. The Holy Amwaya Rav Ami, on an Erev Shabbos, he's just been to the Mikveh, and he's all aflame, and he takes out a Sefer and he begins to learn the Parashah of the Week. Now imagine what this looked like. You know, there was a Dayan in, in London, his name was Rav Grosnas. Rav Grosnas was a Talmud of Rav Ber, the Birka Shmuel, Rav Baruch Ber Leibowitz. Le- Rav Grosnas told over a story. There was a Talmud of the Chofetz Chaim whose name was Rav Sholem e He was a very close disciple of the Chofetz Chaim. And when he used to come visit Rav Baruch Behr, Rav would bring him into his room and sit there and ask him, tell me about the Chofetz Chaim. Tell me stories. And he would begin to talk and Rav Baruch would sit there enraptured listening to the words of Rav Shalom describing the kedusha of the Chofetz Chaim. So Rav Grosnas told over that he himself once hid himself under the couch in the room of Raborech Be'er when Rav Sholem came to visit and he wanted to hear what they were talking about. And Rav Sholem told over to Raborech Be'er and Rav was listening to the story that <coughs> the Chofetz Chaim once told his students about his Rebbe. The Chofetz Chaim was a disciple of Rav Nochemke Meharadne. Rav Nochemke was the Shamish in the shul of the city of Haradne which was the city where lived the Yisoyi V'sha Yashor and he was a tzaddik nizgov, a k'dayish el But he was one of the tzaddikim niztoyim. But the Chofetz Chaim attached himself to him as a young boy. The Chofetz Chaim was 16 years old. And he knew that every night, Reb Nochim would seclude himself in the Beis Medrash. He would lock the doors. And he would learn privately by himself. And the Chofetz Chaim, as a young boy, was very curious to know what he was doing so one night after Mayre, he was leaving he hid himself under one of the benches in the Ezra's Noshim and then they locked up the shul and when Rav came to midnight he hears the keys um, in the lock and Rab Nochemke walks over to the beamer, he does, and the Chafetz Chaim is hiding and he takes out some manuscript from under the beamer. it must have been a Sefer Kabola and he begins to learn and as he's learning suddenly he becomes surrounded by a ring of fire and the fire was so frightening the Chafetz Chaim cried out and he collapsed and Abnachemke fished him out from under the bench and I told you you shouldn't come here and Reb- he, the Chafetz told over the story himself and the said that when Abnachemke learned a ring of fire surrounded him that's not news to me that's a double passion. But the Chafetz Chaim at age 16 was able to see that fire that's a wonder to me now if we could imagine if Rebbe Nachumka Maharabnu, who lived a hundred years ago, would learn there would be a ring of fire, imagine when Rebbe Ami sat down to be Mabar Sedra, what it must have looked like. You know, if the Goyen, the Chaim Olajna writes about his dream about the Vilna Goyan, that he had Giluyim, angels from heaven, came to learn with him Torah. The Talmudim of the Gro write, we can read it to this day, Omar, Rabbeinu beshem Elyo Our Rebbe told us Eliohanovi Hanavi told him this, and he told him that, and Yanke told me this and told me that. We're talking about the Vilna Goin who called Roz Loy honestly. All the secrets of the world were revealed to him, and Ko-Aator Kula was Oruch Lefanov. And yet somebody once asked Rabchaim Viojna, "If the Goin was so great, that means he must have been as great as an Amoira. And he said, "What?" if the Rebbe would live for 2,000 years, he wouldn't reach the ankles of an Amor. So we're talking about Rav Ami, we're talking about millions of Vilna goyim. The Heleger Rav Ami, Toises and mesech, the Chagig already brings, when the Tanoyim sat and learned the house was filled with a fire that threatened to destroy the home. So the Heleger Rav Ami takes out a Sefer Torah, and he starts learning the Sedra, Va'yidaber Hashem El-Moyshe He doesn't say Va'yidaber like we say Va'yidaber. Because he knows the secret of every single letter. All the Tzirufei Oysiyus. All the depths. And he says Va. And when he says Va, all the heavens begin to tremble. And millions of worlds are built up. And the angels, Bashomayim, are shuddering and shivering in pacha. Then he says Ye, he says the Oysiyud. With all the secrets of Oysiyud. And the Da and the Bear. And the whole world is lifted up into a world of Kedusha because Rav Ami is uttering words of Torah. And then when Rav Ami finishes that pasik, he's not done yet. He starts over. And he takes out the Targumunculus. And he says, u ma Hashem im-moysheh l'meymor. Reb Ami, Amalek Eloyikim. is not finished his learning, his Tikin O'Elamois, until he says the words that were written by who? Imagine the young boy Unculus, lying in his bed. What his room must have looked like. Imagine the posters that were on the wall. This gladiator, this, this who knows what. Rabbi Who would have dreamt that in this Roman boy, who was raised in the world of Rome, there was pounding the heart of somebody whose words would be full of kedusha, who he would learn and study until this very day. Who the Ameroim and the Rishonim and the Achroinim, the Ariyah Kodesh, the Grod, the Al the Chsam would enter every Shabbat studying the words of this person who would have dreamt what's hiding inside, who would have imagined that Marukvan is sickbed, dying a scandalous death. A bazoyan. We can't imagine the shame. Who would have dreamt that inside that soul is the soul of an Amairah, of Raisha de Reishah, the head of the head, whose every word is Taira Chayim for all eternity. A person who the Vilna going would have needed thousands of years to reach his ankles. That's the world of potential. That's the world of the Koyach. Now I always tell the Bokram and Yeshiva when they complain, you know, if it's too strict, that the Chazanish one said, today the Yeshivas have one Mashgiach for every hundred bachrim. Really they should have a hundred Mashgichim for each bochim. I can't Imagine, how would you like you had a hundred Mashgichim on your head? Hadar we have to watch what he does and we have to plan his day and we're going to make a meeting every week of all the Gedele Hadar to sit down to measure this person's progress how much he learned how much he davened how much how much he accomplished imagine the meeting wouldn't just be of the Gedele Hadar of our time. Decide that we decided he's so great, we would have to bring the neshamas of all the Gedele Hadar of the previous generation. And every week there'd be a meeting of the Nevi'im, of the Tano'im, of the Ansheikh Nesas of the Rishonim and the Achiroinim. Deciding what should be the program of this boy, how he's progressing, what's happening with him, watching... We sure we could imagine who, what results we would have. We would bring out every last drop of his potential. The Rebbeinu Shalolim is greater than everyone who ever lived, and the Rebbeinu Shalolim is watching, engaging us, and hoping. And waiting for us to achieve, because the Rabbi Yisrael is our father. The Rabbi Yisrael is measuring every moment of our progress. He gave us so much potential, so much energy, so much B'koyach. What are we doing with the billions that he gave us? Are we going to use it? Or are we going to say to the Rabbi Yisrael, keep the change? We would think for a moment. Every one of us would think for a moment. Do you know there's not another human being in the world who looks or sounds like you? Noah! Why? There are five billion people in the world. Why does each one of us have to be different? But it's not enough. If you'd go back through all the years of history and all the people, billions of people who've lived before us, there's never been one exactly like you with your physical makeup with your spiritual makeup with your mental ability your intellect no one has ever been the same you ever everything why? what is this a game? why did HaKadosh Baruch do that? Because he has a plan for each and every one of us. There is something in this world we have to accomplish that nobody else can accomplish. We, each and every one of us, is an earthquake, is a world. We don't live with it, we don't understand what it means. But we would think a it, of course, it's like that. Ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu endowed us. With potential for greatness, it may not be the type of greatness that other people will recognize, but it's a type of greatness that, Hakadosh Baruchhu is the greatness that shakes all of the world. If not, He didn't have to create us special. He didn't have to make each and every one of us unique. When Hashem said to Avram Avinu no look at the heavens and look at the stars. So will your children be. There's a haily word from the church Listen to this, Yisai. He explained this Pasik in such a magnificent way. The Torah tells us the posseg, Look heavenward, look at the heavenly bodies. And you will understand who created them. If somebody looks at the celestial sphere, you can go out of your mind from the vastness and the greatness of space, boggles the imagination. And one who looks at the K'chavim becomes clear to him that there is a creator. The Rabbeinu Shalaylam said to Avram, look at the heavens. Do you see that when somebody looks at the stars, it becomes clear without a doubt that there is a creator? you will have such children whoever will look at them will know that there's a creator they have the ability with their actions with the way they live to be a living proof of Kiddush Shem Shamayim to announce the existence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. every one of us is a potential walking Kiddush Shem Shomayim. Every one of us is designed. The Baal Shemitev said, you know why we're compared to the Kirchovim? Because you look at the Kirchovim, they seem tiny. But if someone who's up there on top knows that they're huge, they're many, many millions of times greater than the whole world. Do you know why HaKadosh Baruch Hu invests so much in us? Because HaKodesh Baruch who is in the world of B'koyach, we live in the world of B'poel, so we don't understand what it's all about. But HaKodesh Baruch who sees us from the vantage point of the stars, and He knows what's in us, He knows what we're capable of. He knows what heights we we can rise to. He knows what we can achieve in Tikkun Amidos, in Limad at in Yerashamayim, in Ahavas Yisrael, in Ahavas at And that's why Kaddish Baruch, who doesn't take his eyes off of us for a moment, because he knows what's at risk. But we, who live in the tunnel vision world of Bepoel, we are deceived. Well, I have a very close friend whose grandfather was a great collector of Judaica. And his speciality were objects that belonged to great Rebbes. And he spent a lot of money amassing this collection. And he had one of his prized possessions was a pier of tefillin that had belonged to the Kotzke Rebbe. Now you know that the Zeidah has a pier of Tevilim. My friend told me that when he was like about 10 11 years old he and his brother used to go into their grandfather's room and they would dress themselves up, they would put on a talus, they would take turns putting on the Kotzke Rebbe's tune. <laughs> <laughs> now, one day, their grandfather took and there was a very great posek in Brooklyn, Rav Moshe Bik, it was a goyim, the tzaddik. And the grandfather took my friend and his brother to Rav Moshe Bik to a, for a bracha before Rosh Hashanah. And he went and he brought him, he wanted to show him that he had something special, he brought the Kotzke Rebbe's tune. And he said, maybe the Rav would like to put them on. He Jumped! He jumped. He says, what you you want to kill me? What are you crazy? I should put on the Kotskarev's tool And my friend is about to sink into the ground. Because uh, he never realized what he was doing. He was praying around this is something that the greatest sadiq would never would never play, would never treat lightly. He never knew. He was unaware. Look, here a big doesn't want to touch it. And I'm playing around putting it on here. If we're unaware, you know, we're talking about reaching our potential. Before we reach our potential, we have to know we have potential. We have to be aware of it. We can't just be mezalzel in our HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us, in what HaKadosh Baruch Hu invested in us, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu believes in us, because every day that we wake up in the morning and HaKadosh Baruch Hu returns our Nishamas to us, He's given us another vote of confidence. I'm restoring that life once again. Because I believe that there's so much more to you than you're giving. Don't be one who says, let me buy the ices and keep the change. We can be so much greater than what there is before our eyes. And especially in a time like this, when it's an ace tzorehi liyankar, when every heart and soul is focused on what's going on in Eretz Yisrael, And we're thinking, what can we do for our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael? Do we realize how much potential we have? Do we realize how one person can change the world? How one person with a true avoider, with lifting himself up, being makabal something, accepting something on himself, just to start working on a particular weakness, on a midr, if I have a difficulty with kinah, or with kas, with anger, whatever it is, if I'm not utilizing time, I don't have a seder halimud, I'm not learning to set aside a part of my day, for limud do we know what effect we have on the world? And we think it's nothing, <laughs> nothing we've changed the world, we've tipped the scales, Chazal, repeat this idea over and over and over. And the Svarim HaGdoishim tell us one need could bring Mashiach, one need can change the world, but we don't really believe it. We take it lightly, we think it's Chizik, giving us pep talks. That's because we live in the world of Bapayel. The Chazal lived in the world of B'koyach, they saw a different person, they looked at it. they saw something so different. They saw the Neshama towering above us. They saw the, the, the Neshama that Malachim and Sraven B'fanim tremble from when they see our Neshama. They see the Neshama that was the purpose of creation. The vision that HaKadosh Baruch had when he created the world, he looked at a Nishmas Yisrael. And certainly the Nishomas of Ikvas of the mashiche who the Ramami Pani writes, are the purpose for the entire world's creation. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts so much potential into us, that means he also gave us the ability to develop that potential. But the first step, it has to become clear to us and true to us at the innermost level of, of, of cognizance, at the deepest level of understanding that this is the world of truth. We're being fooled. We're being tricked into imagining that we're much smaller than. So we look at, like you look at a, at the seed of an apple. It takes a little bit of thought to realize what's really hidden in there. Hakadosh Baruch Hu should give us the wisdom. Should give us the strength. Should give us the koiches ha the spiritual ability to overcome this. Sahara which is particularly strong in the days before Mashiach. the Tzaddik writes many times the Yait Sahara before and Mashiach will be the Sahara that tells the person you are nothing. You make no difference. You can't change the world. That he says will be more important to the Satan than the Yait Sahara of sin. He says the Satan will cause us to sin not because he wants us to sin, but because he wants us to feel small. He wants us to feel inadequate. He wants us to forget the world of potential and to live in that small, tiny, narrow, false world of the poem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give us the siyata deShmaya. We should be able to serve Him properly, to give Him nachas. We should be able to be mo'ayra the midah of rachman d'achsadim, of heavenly mercy, that Klal Yisrael so desperately needs. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu should see our Ratzan, our true will to improve ourselves. And He should take this rotsan and connect it to all the rotsanis of all of Yidin and all of the tefillas of all of Klal Yisrael and bring a Yeshua to Klal Yisrael, bring a Yisrael, bring a mapala to the Rishoim and a chizik wa tzadikem, who should be zeucha to the gilui of Melech HaMashiach and Biyos Mashiach and bias Mashiach tzatainu b'mehera b'ameinu amen.